0: We're going to dive into the Word of God this morning. But as we do, let's, let's just thank the Lord. Pastor Ben and Emily had their baby this week. That's awesome. You know, that's a pretty baby boy too. His name's Judah. We, grand, granddad's in the house right now. I, I saw some extra worship coming from that direction today. And that's why. Um, man, a beautiful little boy. I'm going to tell you, not all babies are, are beautiful. Some of them look weird. Y'all's babies look weird. And I, we didn't tell you that, but this baby doesn't. Yeah, he's beautiful. He really is. When Micah was born, I wasn't sure if his head was ever going to be round. It was weird. So I remember going, oh, oh, wow. An alien to me. But this was a beautiful little boy. So uh, so make sure you reach out to Pastor Ben and Emily and love on them. And, and they'll be back with us soon. So that's pretty, pretty amazing stuff. We've been in this series called At the Movies. And I know that it sounds kind of weird. Why are we doing a, a series called At the Movies? Well, a movie is nothing more than a story, and we love stories. We love to tell stories, we love to hear stories, and and I believe that we are hardwired to be affected by those stories. And, And if you study the life of Jesus, and you look at the way that Jesus taught, Jesus told stories. And I think the reason that He did is because stories connect our emotions to truth in our life. There's been a lot of truth that I've come to understand that maybe without a story, To kind of wrap that truth in, maybe I wouldn't have grabbed hold of it. Let me give you an example. Maybe you're not really quite sure what I'm talking about. Anybody ever seen the movie The Notebook? Oh, yeah. How many of you men cried when you watched The Notebook? Okay. Yeah, 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 you did. I know you did. Or you don't have a heart is what happened um but here's here's the truth i learned in that movie i learned that everybody has a story and sometimes we kind of ignore our our senior saints at times thinking maybe they don't have a story to tell. they have a story to tell and we need to listen because it's life-changing for us when we do they have value and they're critically uh, important in our lives and, and I, I kind of was awoken to that truth when I watched that movie. And, and my emotions were just like pulled in, you know, and, and I heard their story and was so impacted by their story. And, and it started, made, made me start to realize other people have stories and I want to hear what their stories are, so we need to give them an opportunity to tell them. And so again, emotion um, connects our hearts and as a result, we understand truth. And today is no different. This is, this is a great story that we're going to talk about today. And it's one of my favorite movies. It's called The Greatest Showman. Take a look right here. Can I add your attention? You're all dismissed. Bankrupt. Better luck with your next job. Whew. This is not the life I promised you. They not even close. Because we don't want your broken parts. Girls, I think I've had an idea. Look out, cause here I come. And the marching on to the beat I truly. PT Barnum, at your service. To seen, I'm putting together a show. I need a star. Every one of us is special. And nobody is like anyone else. That's the point of my show. Bertie, <sighs> showtime. This is me. a difference by being like everyone else this is me. here i come <laughs> man i love that movie it's so great um it's such a powerful movie and the music the soundtrack that goes with it man you got to get into the behind the scenes footage there's some great stuff in that movie and, and basically it centers around this guy p.t barnum and he's launching the circus but it's just, it's got so many truths that are, that are in this story. And we're going to have cover some of them today. The but, you know, it's set in the 1800s. And when you get past kind of the costumes and, and, and the context of it all, um, the themes that are, are, are covered are, are so many things that we have even encountered over the last couple of years as a nation. I mean, there's so much confrontation about racial discrimination and class warfare and prejudice based on physical ability and differences. There's so much there that's really uncovered. But there's some spiritual themes there. And and a couple of those spiritual themes, the greatest showman really celebrates like this American dream. P.T. Barnum comes from nothing and he fights over all of those challenges to be successful and, and, and overcomes all of that adversity to, to, to really in, embrace his future. This idea that our past is our history, but our future is our destiny, and we work hard, we overcome some things, we can accomplish some great things. That theme is there. The greatest showman really um, celebrates the family as he's chasing after that dream and he's chasing after that success. Um, what we find is some of his choices uh, almost cause him to lose everything. And there's this moment that he kind of comes to himself and, and he realizes that I can't change what happened here, but from this moment, I can lean into my future and I can make better choices as I'm future and, and forward. And this, my favorite song is, is right here From now on, these eyes will not be blinded by the light and from now on what's waited till tomorrow starts tonight it starts tonight and let this promise in me start like an anthem in my heart from now on from now on from now on that's, that's good stuff right there Y'all better stop. The dancers are going to come out and we're going, we're, going, we're, going, we're going to relive the whole thing for you. I love it. It's good stuff. And there's some of us that need to make that decision today. You need to say, you know what? I can't do anything about the past. I can't do anything about the history. All I can say is that from now on, I'm, I'm going to put my life, I'm going to put my, my, my future in God's hands. I'm going to apply his word in my life and I'm just going to trust him with my future. We need to make that decision today. But the spiritual theme that I really want to lean into is this idea that The Greatest Showman is really a celebration of, of humanity. I said I wasn't going to show that next clip, but we're going to do that in just a second. Amy, help me out. Uh, but, but there's, there's this, this, this beautiful picture. He actually attracts all of these people who are living life in the shadows. And, and there's a critic in the, in the movie that kind of goes around and critiques the shows that are happening. And, and he's this very reluctant critic and, and he doesn't want to say anything nice about, about his circus, because, because I don't want to give anything away about the movie, but he, he writes this, By employing a company of human oddities and freaks, the bearded lady and Tom Thumb and Siamese twins, dog boy and so on, Barnum bestows, I love this line, dignity on people who bear the scars of their families' rejection. And there are a lot of us who are bearing the scars of other people's rejection. And he makes it his mission to pull those people out of the darkness into the light. And he brings people out of the shadows and celebrates their uniqueness. Now, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that's exactly what Jesus does. No matter what our scars are, no matter how people have rejected us, no matter how much of an oddity or freak people have told us we are or that we think we are, Jesus pulls us out of the darkness into the light where we can experience His purpose and His plan. But here's what it looks like in the movie. Come alive, come alive, go and light your light, let it burn so bright, reaching up to the sky. And it's open and wide, Your are electrified. And the world becomes a fantasy, and you're more than you could ever be. Cause dreaming with your eyes wide open. Whoa. And you know you can't go back again to the world that you were living in. Cause you're dreaming with your eyes wide open. Whoa. So come Whoa. alive. Whoa. Waiting. For what? For you. Mm. They don't know it yet. door, but don't you stay that our church on a on a core value fundamental principle that every soul matters to god and those souls will always matter to us and so jesus does call us out of the shadows but His, his word reminds us that that it's not just about so people can see us and see our unique giftedness right it's about the world seeing him through us he calls us into the light where we worship Him. We live for Him, and the Word says, the Bible says, so that when people see us, that it brings glory and honor to the Father, and they worship Him. Not about worshiping you. It's not about you coming out of the darkness into the lights. So everybody give you a hand, but it's about people seeing Christ in you and responding by worshiping and giving glory and honor. To the Father, and recognizing that we were created in His image for a divine purpose. Here, here's a few verses of scripture Psalm 139 says this For you created my inmost being. God created you, every part of you. He created your inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb, and I praise you because I am what? Fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. 1 Peter 2 and 9 says it this way But you are a chosen people, you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation you even you 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 were god's very own possession and as a result of all that information you can show others the goodness of god people can look at you no matter how how much of an oddity or if we're using those terminology freak that you feel like you are right that god can use you made in his image for others to see his goodness for you and here it is You were called out of darkness into His wonderful light. Psalm 119 says, You made me. You created me. Now give me the sense to follow Your commands. May all who fear you find in me a cause for joy. For I have put my hope in Your Word. You have a purpose and God has a plan. Man, that's good information you have a purpose God gifted you and created you for a purpose and he has a plan for your life I love what P.T. Barnum said no one ever made a difference by being like everybody else you were unique and God created you that way there's one thing that I, I I love to do and and that's and that's go watch people sing karaoke. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You like some karaoke, you know? We, we love karaoke. How many of you like karaoke? Just raise your, let me tell you why we love karaoke. Because we like music. We like friends. And we like bad singing. That's why we like karaoke. And nobody wanted to hear any good singing at karaoke. The, those are the most boring people, you know? When people like really can sing and they get up to sing, I just want to be like, boo! Get them all, get them all. I want the tone deaf guy in the corner. I want him to sing because it's amazing when he does that. And we laugh and we have a great time. But, but there's a principle that goes along with karaoke that I think is, is, is really cool. And, and, and I, I use this illustration today. This is a really, very weird reason that I use this illustration. I did a funeral this week. And it was, it was Thursday night. And I told you about the gentleman last Sunday morning. And we had prayer for his family. But he went home to be with Jesus and i was privileged and honored to stand with his family as as we celebrated his life and there was a lot to celebrate and what i love about his life is his faith was genuine it was real and it wasn't showy it wasn't like flaunted out for the world to see and it was just it was just solid he loved jesus and he loved to point people to him but there was a thing that he loved and it was karaoke His name was Terry, and so he actually called it karaoke, right? He had his own stuff, like his own equipment and tracks, the whole deal. When I was a youth pastor, we even brought him in, and he did this big thing for our students. Man, we had had a big time at karaoke. But I I told the crowd that day, there was a reason that man loved that. And, And it didn't have as much to do with music and laughter as it did with this idea of an open mic. Man, he just had an open mic in his life. And it didn't matter who you were. You didn't have to be talented. It didn't matter how accomplished you were. It didn't matter what, what, what letters were by your name. None of that stuff mattered. He had an open mic in his life. And there was an open invitation that made you feel welcome at his table. That's why I love karaoke. And, and, and that's exactly what P.T. T. Barnum did for these oddities and freaks that were in that movie, right? That's what everybody thought about them. But what did he do? He had an open mic and he created room in his life for them. There was room for them at his table. And that's exactly what Jesus has done it's an open invitation for God so loved the world that whosoever will. Doesn't matter why you're in the shadows. Doesn't matter who you are or what puts you there. Doesn't matter why you're hanging out there. There's an open invitation for you at the table with Jesus. And that's the good news, that's the gospel of Jesus. And I don't know why, but the opposite of that open mic, the opposite of that open mic is this chair that's just kind of stuck in the shadows. Maybe we'll call this the timeout chair. Because there are a lot of us, man, we're as far away from that open mic as we can possibly be, and for whatever reason, we are stuck in the shadows. And for some of us, it's because you've been told that you're nothing and that you'll never amount to anything. And your whole life, that's what you've believed. And so it's kept you in the, sh- in the shadows. Others of you, maybe it's your choices. I-, I don't know what keeps us here. A lot of different reasons, but we're stuck in the shadows and we can't seem to get out of it. There's this great story in Luke chapter 19. You can turn there. I'm just going to read I'm going to hang out right here in the shadows and talk to you about it. But in Luke chapter 19, you're familiar with this scripture probably. It says, Jesus entered Jericho. Start reading with verse 1. And he made his way through the town. And there was a man named Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector in the region. And he had become very rich. Now that, that might not mean a lot to you, but you've got to understand the time period. In that time period, Rome had taken over and they were taxing everybody. And and it was high taxes. And so they would take these people and, and they would give them authority to collect the taxes from the people. But this wasn't a Roman officer. This was a person from that area. And so Zacchaeus was literally taxing people that he loved and that he cared about. These were his friends and his family. But he's not just doing what Rome told him to do. See, they gave some latitude to those tax collectors and said, hey, this is what we want you to take. But anything that you take over that, you just put that in your pocket. That's your payment for doing this. And so right here in Scripture it says that he got very rich doing that. Why was he doing that? Because he was taking more than Roman, Romans wanted, and, and he was stealing that, and he was cheating his own family and friends out of that money to do so. And so people hated tax collectors. They were like the low life of society. And he wasn't just a tax collector. he was the chief tax collector their witness was not even accepted in court because they were considered to be cheaters liars and thieves but that's what Zacchaeus was and he tried to get a look at Jesus but he was too short to see over the crowd and so he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road for Jesus was going to pass by that way now there's something there that, that I think is pretty important do you realize that the very people that got in Zacchaeus's way to keep him from seeing Jesus were Jesus' admirers and his followers? Like Zacchaeus wanted to get to Jesus. He wanted to learn something about Jesus. He had questions in his life, felt like Jesus had some answers, but he couldn't get to Jesus because there were people like you and me that followed Jesus, that were admirers of Jesus, but got in his way. Can I just, can I just tell you That maybe you're here, and you're like Zacchaeus, and you feel like you're in the shadow, and you want to get to Jesus, but for some reason there's people that keep getting in your way. And maybe it's us. Maybe you've you've come across some people who are Christ followers, and they're admirers of Jesus, but you feel like they're judgmental, and you feel like they're hypocritical, and, and all those things. Can I just tell you, don't let anybody get in your way of finding Jesus. I don't care who they say they are. I don't care what kind of faith they say they possess. Don't you ever let anybody keep you from encountering Jesus who can change your life. Do what Zacchaeus did and climb above that stuff you got to get above that stuff. And that's exactly what he did. Zacchaeus climbed above. He ran ahead, climbed the sycamore fig tree beside the roof. For Jesus was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and he called him by name. Zacchaeus. And he said, you come down. Why? For I'm going to your house today. For I'm going to your house If you've not been in children's church, you don't know that song. But that is a song that taught us this story, and we know that story. And and Jesus, he told Zacchaeus, you come down, because we're going to go hang out. And verse 6, Zacchaeus quickly climbed down, took Jesus to his house with great excitement and joy, but not everybody was excited, and not everybody had joy. In fact, look at verse 7, but the people were displeased. What people were you talking about? Those same Christ followers and admirers, those religious people. And this is what they said He's gone home to be the guest of a notorious sinner. And they grumbled and they complained. You know what they were saying? They were saying, What in the world is Jesus doing? He's hanging out with those oddities and freaks. That's what they were saying. And for some reason, like, like Jesus just kept finding Himself with those notorious sinners, those people. He would hang out with people like Zacchaeus and He would hang out with prostitutes like Mary Magdalene because He saw more than just what they were. He recognized that people were more than the sum of the choices that they had made. He saw some potential in their life. He didn't see what they had done or what, 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 what they had been, but instead He saw what they what they could be. he saw potential. Even those people like those lepers, those people who weren't just social outcasts, they were physical outcasts. I mean, literally everywhere they would go, they had to shout out and tell the world, I'm unclean. What they were saying was, I'm a freak and I'm an oddity and you can't come anywhere close to me. It's contagious and you might catch it. Now we we don't, even if we feel that way, like we're not walking down the street screaming at everybody at Crabtree telling them what an oddity we feel like we are. But I'm going to tell you what we do here. We hear the enemy in our heads say that every single day. Getting inside of our heads saying, I don't know who you think you are, But this grace, it isn't sufficient for you. And this love, it's not for you. This life change that that guy talks about all the time, it's not for you. You just stay right here in the shadow because that's where you were created to be. That's not what the Bible says about you. It says that you were created in His image. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. And He's called you out of darkness to what? To marvelous light. Why? Because he has a plan and a purpose for your life. And what's cool about this story is, God doesn't just make us a better person. Keep reading, It it said, meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord, and this is what he said. I'll give half my wealth to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody on their taxes, I'll give them back four times as much. There's a lot that happens between those verses of Scripture. We're not talking about somebody who's just become a better person. We're talking about somebody who is a new creation in Christ Jesus. I don't want to just be a better version of myself. I want to be a new creation whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I want to be that person. Not just some better version of my. And I love what Jesus' response to him is. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. What changed Zacchaeus? I I can tell you it wasn't some biblical principle and it wasn't some personal devotion. It wasn't a religious deed or religious duty. It was simply a few moments sitting across the table from Jesus. And it changed everything. See, I'm thankful that Jesus doesn't just walk by Zacchaeus in this story and offer him a handout and, and say, hey, here, here's a couple of tips on how you can get yourself together. And if you'll get yourself together, maybe the next time I'm in town, we'll have some coffee together. I'm not, I'm not going to your house. I mean, everybody thinks you're an oddity and a freak. I, I'm not going to the house of a notorious sinner. So you just take a little advice, you get yourself together, and next time I'm in town, maybe we can hang out. That's not what Jesus does. Right in the middle of his sin, in the middle of his shame, in the middle of his guilt, in the middle of all of that stuff, Jesus doesn't just offer my hand out. He offers him a hand up. Like we talked about last week, your strength is not for status, it's for service. And he looked at Zacchaeus and said, how can I help? And then he waded right in to Zacchaeus' situation and he helped him out. And there's some of us that we think that Jesus is somehow waiting for us to get it all together before we can make a decision to truly follow him. Some of us really believe that really do even in this room you've been coming and, and you've been watching all this and and you've been singing the songs maybe you're even showing up the life group maybe you're even serving some and 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 what you've been trying to do is get yourself all together so you can present yourself to jesus like you've done all of those things maybe you're even giving maybe tithe you're doing all of those things in an effort to look good And be better, a better version of yourself, so you can present yourself to Jesus and say, okay, Jesus, I I got it together. I can follow you now. You're coming in backwards. That's not how we come to Jesus. You come just as you are. You come with all your baggage, all your sin, all your shame, and he receives you just like You can't make it look better you can cover up it's still gonna stink right it's, it's it doesn't matter and you can try to hide it it's still there he, he you're he's the only one that can take that from you. he's the only one that can forgive you of sin he's the only one that can cleanse you and the fact that you're still staring at your stuff is just living proof you can't do this on your own so why try i, I grew up with this t-shirt i have had this t-shirt on my mind today i gotta find me other one, outgrew it. It it, it says Simon Peter's fishing shop. You catch him, he'll clean. I love that. And we're we're not trying to get ourselves clean before we come to Jesus. service. You get the bonus, first service. change the way you see him and it'll change the way other people see you. The moment when Jesus changes everything. I got a call late last night it was from a friend that was really struggling and he said Pastor these last few months have been tough tough he said I've been so sad I've been so lonely at times I've been so afraid he said I'm embarrassed to tell you but it's gotten so bad that there have been moments where I've wanted to just in my life give up on the gift of life. And he said, I took it so far that I even sat down and I began to write a goodbye letter to my friends and my family. That's how bad it's gotten. For some reason, he stumbled upon a sermon. Someone had posted on Facebook. And he said, Something about that guy who was talking just got my heart. He said, I listened to it once and listened to it again. I just kind of put it on sat in my place by myself and I just listened to it. And he said, and there was something he said that really got my attention. He said, what we need to do is dust our Bibles off and go spend some time with Jesus. And so I looked over and there was my Bible sitting on a shelf and he said, I went and picked it up. He said, I literally dusted the cover of my Bible. Off. And he said, it was if every time I opened a page, it was just like dust it was on every page. He said, pastor, I'm embarrassed to tell you myself and I open the Bible and I just begin to talk to the Lord. He said, I don't even know what I read. Like I I don't even remember what what I was reading. I just know it felt like Jesus was talking to me. He said and in that moment, all of my sadness in that one moment turned to joy. And I can't even explain how he did that. But in one moment all of my sadness turned to joy. And, And if you've been around here very long you know what I told him because I say this all the time. Sadness is a natural response to life. I can't tell you to not be sad. I can't tell you to be happy. Those are natural responses to life that we can't control. Those are emotional responses to life. But hear what he said. He didn't turn my sadness into happiness. That's not what he said. He said he turned my sadness into what? Joy. And joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It is a supernatural response of the Holy Spirit in your life. Even when your position doesn't change Your perspective changes. The moment that you open the Word of God and you allow Him to begin to speak to you and you invite Him into your stuff, the Bible says that He indwells within us with the power of the Holy Spirit. And because the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us, the fruit is joy. So you can have sadness. Your situation doesn't have to change, but you can experience joy. Because it's a supernatural response to the Holy Spirit. Jesus, and and in one verse be the notorious sinner everybody says that he is, but in the next he stand up and he says I'll do whatever I have to do to get this right.